Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. It's that time of the day, Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch. My dear friend, Brian, you're not a ray of sunshine in the studio today because I am speaking to you, but I cannot see your bright young face. Good morning, Brian. Morning to you, Cathy. I'll show you my foot rather that still in love. You know, I, I broke my foot in Paris uh, and it's really coming on nicely. I should be back in the studio next Tuesday when I'm feeling good and well and raring to go. Uh, I'm so sorry that you haven't been well, but also glad no, to hear that you're, on, that you're on yeah. the mend. On the mend, on the mend, yeah. You, you see, you should have taken us all with you, Brian. Yeah, then you could have held me up, you know, but who knows. <laughs> silly, silly, silly move I made. I missed it. Uh, after the World Cup uh, in our hotel on the on the, the day afterwards, uh, on a circular step, I missed the bottom step. Uh, my, my, I tell you, my, my grandson was unhappy about it. He was sad for me, but he was very happy because we still had a lot of sights to see in Paris. And instead of taking buses and the metro, we took taxis. So he was absolutely thrilled. And then when we arrived back on Monday morning at um, Oliver Tambo, there must there were four planes that had arrived, and the queue at the to get through customs there must have been a thousand people. And he was absolutely thrilled that his grandpa was in a wheelchair because you know we was round through the disabled part and within 10 minutes we were through so other than being <laughs> sad he was very happy oh brian oh, i'm glad you guys had such a good time um yeah, at, yeah. at the world cup but unfortunate yeah. about your leg though um all right all right brian so today we're going to be talking about medical aid schemes and in particular looking at the increases for next year it really is an onslaught um for for those who who are privileged enough to have made medical aid. And I say that because I, I fully understand that in a country like ours, having any kind of medical cover that you contribute to as a private citizen is an absolute privilege. So what 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 to do, Brian? Because the medical aid schemes are also throwing their hands up in the air and they're saying, well, the situation is what it is because we can't offer lower cost schemes due to the fact that the regulations haven't changed. Well, look, that is a major problem because I don't know why for medical schemes are not approving low-cost benefits. All the medical aids are ready to launch these low-cost products. And you could be getting some benefits for as little as 250 rand. But let me just go back. There's the NHI bill sitting in Parliament at the moment. And although, although it's important that, we, that the country has access to good health care, you can't just implement a system when all the big players are explaining why the system cannot work, where's the money going to come from, what is that going to do to private health care, because, you know, national health insurance has not worked all over the world. I mean, the UK is a perfect example who've had it for years. But let me say this to you. Um, those who are in medical aid need to start thinking very carefully. And the reason I brought this program up this morning, because I dealt with medical aid maybe six weeks ago, is because now is the time you have to review what scheme you're on. You know, medical aids were, 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 were there was a directive given to them, don't increase your medical aid up by more than 5%. And the medical aids have risen between anything between 7 to 18%. Yes, 18%. And that's 
because some schemes don't have the size and of numbers to cross uh, cross subsidise. Let me just explain cross subsidisation. It's where the healthy younger members subsidise the older members because the older members are, are, are less healthy, while the younger members are more healthy. That's what cross subsidisation. But it's not working anymore because the younger members are deciding not to go to these fancy medical schemes and they're going for hospital plans and gap cover and they're actually ignoring saying I'm healthy I'll do I'll fund my own and I won't go into this pool which is a problem for medical aids if they're going to age because as they age and the number of people in that scheme start to claim more and more and more they don't have the younger members contributing who are not contribute who are not claiming to the extent of the older members. So that's a major problem. So most medical aids today have a built-in commission for a broker. So whether you use a broker, a healthcare broker, or you don't use a healthcare broker, you pay the same. For, you know, you and I can have a completely different health. Medical aids, in terms of each option they have, every member pays the same irrespective of their health. So the important thing is every, again, the medical aid has a broker, there's a commission, and I'm suggesting that anyone who's in the medical aid does two things. Firstly, gets hold of a healthcare broker. There are many of them. You can, you can Google them. You can speak to uh, the, the different medical aids. I'll introduce you to broker and let the broker sit with you and go through your needs because the last thing you want to do is be paying to a medical aid which is, which is far superior than what you need. You know, the dangers with medical aid, if medical aids are increasing their premium by 7% a year, and that's low, in 10 years' time, if you're on that medical aid, you will need to pay double. So it's the only expense item that's going to increase at, at this rate because medical aids are costing virtually more than food's costing. So if you think about it, as you get into retirement and you need, have a more need for a medical aid, it's going to be costing you that much more. And where are you going to get the money? And affordability is a question. So it's, it's important that because the industry is, cope, is, is coping with a lack of real growth, there's no growth in, in, in beneficiaries. One needs to look at their medical aid. And my advice to you, you've got now, it's now November, uh, medical aids allow you to up to downgrade, to change options, to do whatever you can. But don't just do it on your own because you think I'm going to save money. You need to understand if you're going to be saving money, if your cost at the moment is 7,000 Rand a month and you're now only going to pay 4,000, you need to understand what are you actually giving up? The 3,000 Rand that you may be paying less, what benefits are you losing? And it's so such a complicated industry that I'm suggesting get hold of a healthcare broker and let them sit with you and have a look at your situation. Because, you know, since the end of COVID, the costs of medicines are enormous. The cost of hospital, people are now going for elective surgery, whereas previously they were only doing the essentials. Now they're going back and doing what they needed to do. And I tell you, it's, it's very important that it, this is the single most serious cost that you face. So to those who have medical aids, um, uh, please get yourself some advice. To those who don't have medical aids, maybe you need to be putting more pressure on the council to get these low schemes uh, approved so that you can get some sort of health care. And 
NHI announcement if the bill gets passed without the the discussion between all the players who are so opposed to certain aspects. No one's opposed to NHI. They believe we should have. There has to be a, a, a care. People have to be. People have to have access to good health care. But you can't just put in NHI and then not have any real implementation plan. And that's our problem. Mm. We we strategize and then we try and implement, and the implementation fails dismally. Brian, I want to talk about what you have touched on, which is the fact that. Younger people are now not taking up medical aids and instead they're going for other options such as your hospital cover and then I imagine paying out of pocket um, whenever they need to see a doctor, specialist, etc., etc. Do we, do we know why that is the case? Yes, because the cost. Because remember, they're going into a pool and they're paying the same premium. A 25-year-old in a particular plan pays the same premium as a 55-year-old in that same plan. There are no differentiating rates for different ages. So if you go into, give you, I'll mention one, and not that, that it's. I'm just mentioning it. I'm in. I'm in classic comprehension with discovery. I'm an elder. A youngster comes in with the same circumstances as me, pays the same premium. So he's saying, I don't want to cross-subsidize Brian Hirsch. I'm young. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I need to be covered for the essentials because, you know, you never know when a major healthcare problem is going to hit you. And it can hit a youngster as much as an older person. I'm going to be covered for full hospitalization. And I'm going to have gap cover because gap cover is the difference between doctors in hospital, what they charge versus what the medical aid may pay. I mean, some doctors, I mean, I believe 89% of doctors today are networked, which means they have done a deal with the medical aid that they will only charge what the medical aid, the tariff that the medical aid is prepared to pay. But that means there are 11% of doctors outside of the network that can charge four, five, six hundred percent So that's where someone would buy gap cover. Gap covers somewhere between 400 and 700 rand. And again, if what you're paying 400 rand and I'm paying 700 rand, what is the difference in cover? You can't just go to the cheapest cover. You need to go to the cover that suits your need and pay the premium. So between four and 700 rand, there must be different, differentiating differentiation in benefits. So what I'm saying is younger people are going for hospital plans for a few thousand rand and gap cover, which means the medical pool is getting less good, good members and only getting older members who obviously as you get older, you have a greater need for medical aid. And the problem is take a 60-year-old now who's working and in 10 years' time he's 70, his need for medical aid is going to be greater, but he's going to be paying double. And has he, where is he going to get that extra money that's coming out of the money he may have saved or his pension. So you need to start taking control of your healthcare now, whatever age you are, so that you can find that over the years you're not going to have to come out of the pool because of it, because you can't afford it. And and of course, Brian, you know the the thing about um, medical aid rates is that. You can't negotiate those. It's not like you know, with with your with your bond or with your car repayments, where um, you know if if you get to a point where you want to try and renegotiate this those interest rates, you actually can do that. Yeah, you can't. There's no negotiation. 
You, 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 a married woman with two children, are going to pay the same as a married woman with two children who's 20 years older than you. Yeah, lots for us to unpack in terms of the yeah. medical but, aid. But the starting point is that you, the medical aid has built in, most medical aids have built in, certainly Discovery, uh, MediClinic, certainly have built in to their rates. MedShield have built in, but built into their rates a commission that they will pay brokers. Not a lot. I think the broker could get anything between 90 to 120 rand a month. And he's not going to be there to, to deal with your daily claims. But he's there to troubleshoot for you. Go to call centers. I absolutely hate call centers because they tell you how important your call is. You can never speak to the same person twice. So when you've got a problem and you've got a healthcare broker, you can at least phone your healthcare broker. Not to find out why your dentist, right. your, med, your Brian, doctors hasn't been paid. Brian, apologies. Uh, I'm going okay. to have to interject there because we're having uh, some trouble with the line. The, the connectivity uh, seems to be coming and going there. So we're going to uh, redial Brian, get him back on the line. I see some of you already starting to line up uh, to speak to Brian. I'll take your calls on 086-000-2032. That's the number to dial on the line this morning. 86 2032 and on the WhatsApp voice note line 0614104107. Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. All right, we continue the conversation on the talking point. We're focusing on medical aid schemes and in particular the increases that have been lined up for 2024. And what is it that we can do to review um, at least the plans that we are on? What is the advice we need to be taking on board during this period? Anonymous, you are in George. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Kathy. Good morning, Brian. Um, Brian, I'm a, I'm retired. Uh, when I, I at one stage I worked abroad, I had a medical aid all my life, even abroad. But when I came back to South Africa to retire, I was penalised when I joined the medical aid. So I paid contributions for for 12 months without having to make use of it. That was my penalty. Yeah, uh, you had a waiting having, period. Yeah, waiting period. Having said that. <clears throat> But prior to me taking out the, the, the medical aid, uh, I was taxed by SARS, right? <clears throat> um, so the only option I had to do is rather take out the medical aid, you know, to, so that I don't have to pay SARS that money, right? I had to pay at one stage about over 40000 in one year, right? So I thought I'd rather use that money to take out the medical aid. So currently I'm paying for a medical aid which I have very little benefit of. To tell you the honest truth, I'm not even getting my chronic medication on that medical aid. I'm getting it from the state hospital, right? So I make use of both, um, both, both uh, facilities. So that is my story. Well, thank you, Anonymous, for that story. Yeah, look, you know, the, the dangers of not having a medic, you just don't know what lies ahead. No one can predict what lies ahead. What what a financial uh, healthcare broker can do, he can help predict trends, your own healthcare and your requirements. But you, you make the, the absolute value point. The affordability of medical aid is getting out of hands. And one of the suggestions now, and this is going to have a real, could have a real impact, not only on the lower earners and the younger earners, but also on retirees, they're talking about 
about taking away the medical credit that one gets uh, as a deduction from tax. And certainly when you're over eight, over 65, you get approximately a, a, a simple calculation is whatever you spend on medical aid and on extras, you'll get about one third deducted from your taxable income, whereas the younger people just get an amount. It's a few hundred rand per dependent. That could be taken away, uh, and we'll hear more about, about that in the budget, and that could be helped to use to fund NHR. But NHI, which is important and, is, and it's, it's meaningful, has got to be put together and implemented correctly. You can't take away all the cover because they've said that when NHI is implemented, the medical aids will not be allowed to fund anything that NH, NHR is funding. Well, you know, all over the world, you're entitled to private medical, private medical care. So those are things that are being looked at. So I'm just a bit worried about implementation of NHR without thinking it through. Yeah, it's like a catch. Uh, I'm sitting with a catch twenty-two situation. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 you know, anonymous. When you ask the medical, when you ask your medical aid about why it is they're not covering you for your chronic medication, what what reasons have they given? Um, I I have actually I've I've asked my doctor to to follow it up, and they said that they just told me it's not uh, it's not covered. It's uh, no, but, I but, yeah, but that's not a good enough answer. Yeah. When did you go? When did you go into the? When did you go in to? When did you join? When, when did you rejoin? I joined about um, three years back. Three, okay, so your waiting period is. I joined with about just what uh, COVID time. And what and what type of plan are you on? I'm a TK. And what are you? And what? for a small plan, right? What do you pay a month? I pay. Um, Currently, two thousand five hundred. Okay, so obviously, obviously, there's enormous limitations. That's the point I was making. One needs to understand if you're paying less, less. Are you a married man? I'm. A, I'm a widower. Okay, so two and a half thousand is probably half what the normal type hospital plan would cost. Hospital plan that's with new rates would possibly cost four to five thousand rand. So that's what the point I was making. The fact that you're paying two and a half thousand versus someone else paying four four and a half thousand, there must be a loss of benefits, and you're you're actually experiencing that loss of benefits. But I would imagine your medical aid is going to cover any major hospitalisation or any major event. It may not be covering you. My doctor said I must come and discuss it with him in the new yeah. year. Right? Yeah. But, get your, but can I suggest, get yourself a healthcare consultant. Phone okay. the, 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 the company that you deal with, the medical aid you're on, and ask them to introduce you to a consultant at that medical aid. Let him come and see you. Would it be advisable to, to maybe just take a hospital plan? And so get the same tax. No, I can't. I certainly would not. I don't know your circumstances, and I would never be bold enough to even suggest. But that's why you need to talk to someone who can have a look at your program, not your doctor, someone who's in the healthcare industry, who's a healthcare broker, healthcare consultant, done all the necessary qualifications to call himself a healthcare consultant so that they can sit and advise what's right for you and what what are you looking for and try and manage the two processes. Okay, thank you very much for the advice. Oh, oh, all right, all right, thank Anonymous. You. All the best, eh? Bye. All right, Anonymous out, out in George. Yeah. Okay, that's the point I was making. Mm. If someone's going to reduce their cost, 
someone goes down from a comprehensive plan, it may be a husband and wife at maybe twelve to 14,000, and goes to a plan at 7,000, they must realize the medical aids don't make this sort of money. So what are they giving up? And that's what the anonymous told us. He's not getting chronic medication paid. He's not getting a whole lot of things. So he's forfeiting a lot of the potential benefits, but he's saving the money. But, and but, he's then uh, but, got but to then fund Brian, it himself. But then what is the point of the prescribed minimum benefits? Because one would think that you know the reason why those exist is to ensure that where um, you know, the, the chronic illnesses that exist in a country like ours, that the very least that patients would be able to cover for, to, to that they would require cover for, that those would be would be covered uh, under the PMBs. Yes, but then some maybe, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm not an expert at medical aid, yeah. uh, uh, the, the finer detail of medical aid, but medical aids have to provide PMBs, hospitalization PMBs, but I can't comment on the, medic, on the fund that he's got if every single medical aid, if any medical is allowed to be excluded from PMBs, I really don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a conversation that I think uh, we, we can certainly um, have, you know, uh, we can take a look at it differently in future and including with the medical aids, because if somebody's on on chronic medication, one would assume that the very basic that a medical aid would cover f- you for is, is for is, is for chronic medication. Colin, you're out in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Brian. Brian, you know, this is frightening. Listening to you, I've got a white beard and white hair. Uh, it turns snow white. Listening to you. Uh, I'm so... Well, I'm uh, sorry. I'm do. sorry. I'm but Hello? I'm sorry if I'm doing that to you, but it is yeah. a concern. It's the largest single but expense of course, yes, after your bond. What I want to talk about. Uh, I'm paying at the moment 5000 I was thinking, uh, listening to you now, I think I've got that year, next month to downscale it and get a hold of a consultant or someone like that. Um, but you know, this NHI and hospitals, uh, I'm so scared of that even, because a friend of mine is in Port Owen. She's got a, 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 a hernia in the abdominal. She came down in 21 to, uh, to Cape Town to hospital, no bed, they send her back. She came back in 22, same thing, send her back. Now, she's coming now in January to have the hernia out. Now they travel 360 kilometers, Brian. What is the NHI going to do to us? Uh, I'm scared if something happens, I've gone and waiting this for four or five months or even a year or two years. So I'm forced to actually pay my 5000 I'm forced to go to a private hospital. That is what the problem is with our state hospitals, Brian. Thanks very much for listening on the radio. Colin, the state hospitals are in total disarray. They really are. And you can see the way it appears. But let me just make this comment. My late mother-in-law, who lived in England, she waited three years under NHR for a hysterectomy. She suffered for three years, and women who who've had that same problem would know what she went through for three years not to have um, to wait for a hysterectomy. So NHI is not the answer to all the problems. Yes, there's a lot to be done. There's a lot to be said for NHI, but only if it's implemented correctly and we have all the systems at play. But you can't do away. You can't do away with normal private medical aid. You must be allowed, individuals must be allowed to have private head medical aid as well. And, uh, and people cannot be forced onto NHI if 
if, in other words, it isn't implemented correctly. But there's a lot, that's a separate discussion, and we'll hear more about that. That bill at the moment is in Parliament, waiting for the, count, the various pro provincial councils to okay it, and then for the president to sign it off. Well, I hope he doesn't, because there are so many objections <coughs> from, from players all over South Africa who are experts, the hospitals, the medical aides, the doctors, the board of medical, all the different yeah. uh, parties who've objected, who have said, please have a look at, understand what we're concerned about. It's not that they don't want NHI, they just don't want NHI to replace something that is not possible to replace. Yeah. All right. Brian, another yeah. thing to Brian, um, my um, tax uh, physician. Last year, uh, I got back uh, all the years since I've been on pension. I'm on pension now 13 years, except for last year. I paid almost 60,000 rand a year, and I got nothing back. I used to get back 2,000 or something like that from, from SARS. So I, I phoned him up and asked him, say, explain to me now. They're doing away with it, but I reckon it's, it's not gazetted yet. So I've got no uh, refund you know, last year. Colin, doing away with what? My tax and on medical aid. No they, no, they haven't done away with it. It's still in the system. In other words, you're a pensioner and you're entitled to claim your medic, all your medical costs, which are deducted from your, a percentage is deducted from your taxable income. You're, you're, you will pay tax based on your net earnings versus the tax. And if you overpay tax, and if you've been getting refunds all over the years, there was an increase in the bands, not substantial, but there was an increase in levels. So you should have, if you've had an increase every year, you do need to check. And anyone who, who feels they've had an increase, uh, they've had, had tax back and they haven't changed their earnings. But you know, Colin, let me just make this comment. Do, have you got any money that's earning interest? Um, no, I've got uh, uh, retirement, no uh, pension. I so guess. you've got, because remember, I've interest rates was last year. Yeah. yeah let me just what, complete, what? Colin, just remember, interest rates have gone up. So people who are earning less on interest rates may not have been taxed on the interest. And now with higher interest rates added to your taxable income. So someone who had, say, uh, 200,000 rand uh, 18 months ago in the bank was getting 10,000 rand. And now they're getting 18,000 rand. I know there are deductions of up to 34,500 if you're over 65 and 22,800 if you're under 65, where you'll get that interest tax free. But if you earn more than that, it'll get added to your taxable income. So in your case, you don't have interest. But for other listeners who may be listening to this, maybe your interest was higher, and that's why you you haven't got a refund. You need to query that with your with your with your uh, tax planner all or, right. or, or, or your accountant. Thanks very right. much, Brian. Thanks, Kathy. Brian. <laughs> all right, thanks Colin. Thanks. Thanks for calling Bye. in. I'll be taking more of your calls on zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. We'll also take your voice notes on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. We're talking about the maybe. AIDS and in particular the increases um, for next year. We'll take a quick break. I'll, I'll continue with uh, some of your questions for Brian after this. Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch. Making sense of your finance.
All right, we continue the conversation with Brian Hirsch. We're focusing on uh, medical aids and the increases for the uh, 2024 financial year. Brian, I've got quite a number of WhatsApp voice notes Kathy, uh, yeah. that have Kathy, come I through. Do need, yes? I do just need to interrupt because last week's program, we had so many callers asking about this investment that apparently Elon Musk is promising people to make thousands, lots of money. And I I investigated this Elon Musk investment. It's a scam. People must stay away from it. The fact that Elon Musk's name has been used, there's no no truth that you can invest with Elon Musk and he's handling the investments. If you go onto the internet, you 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 can Google crazy scam and you will see that it's been absolutely denied that the Elon Musk um, investment is something to put in, uh, our listeners to uh, view. And I'm saying it's a scam. Stay away from it. All right. Um, Brian, thanks for that. Yeah, you know, these scamsters will stop at nothing. And well, there's this is a, a new this one coming up. A, yeah. Yeah. And this is using a big name, dropping a name, and you know he's got a he's got a real name. I mean, you know, he's a personality, and, and he's incredibly think, you know, successful. If, if, yeah, yeah. And if Elon Musk is, you, I said, I'm going to make you money. Why shouldn't I not believe it? It's a scam. All right, all right, Brian. Thanks for that. So we've got quite a number of WhatsApp voice notes. What I'll do is that I'll play one, Brian, and then you can respond, and we'll sort of go in that order and see how many of them we can cover. Good afternoon or good morning, Brian. Just a question. How is the NHI funded if you're having astronomical population growth, economy that's going down the tubes, and half the people are not actually taking up medical aid? So where is the income to service all of this going? I mean, are there going to be limits put in place that people can only have two children, that you can only claim maternity benefits for two children? Um those things are already in place, like for spectacles and dentistry and things like that. So, yeah, where is it going to end? Well, to respond to that, I'll rather, I'd rather quote a well-known uh, character who Adrian Gore, the chief executive of Discovery, at a conference last week, he made the comment that to fund NHI, you would need $200 billion to fund it. And and the question that all the parties, and when I talk about the parties, it's the hospitals, it's the medical aid, it's the medical fraternity who are questioning this. They're saying, where's this money going to come from? And that is the the unknown number. No one knows where this money is going to come from. We've got, you know, we've already got a deficit with tax collections. Uh, We're not, uh, the mining, uh, you know, what's happened now is our rand has recovered. Um, Commodity prices have come down. Uh, Companies are paying less tax. That's its own problem, which we heard about in the midterm budget two weeks ago. So you're absolutely right. No one knows where the funding is coming from. Good morning, Kathy and Brian. Honestly speaking, medical aid is so expensive. Our company was paying for us 50% and we're paying 50%. We managed to put our our kids in, in the medical aid, but the company decided now they are no longer having money to cover us, to, to pay for 50% for us. So now we are no longer able to, to cover our children. We are no longer even able to to pay 
that money that we were paying before because now we have to pay 90 percent uh, because the company doesn't have the money anymore so we went far as uh, going to the to the cheapest plan so it is as good as not having medical aid to be honest now but we are just forced to have it but we are just using the lowest plan of which is very much useless it's not even helping with nothing it can't even buy the the the, the, the prescriptions thanks well, I'm absolutely surprised to hear that because I didn't know that a company can just t change the t your terms of condition of employment because conditions of employment, if the company's got a medical aid and a pension fund, when you join the company, you're obliged to join whether you want to or not. And how a company can just stop contributing. Look, I'm not a legal person. I don't know whether the employees need to take that up. I don't know if they're a bit nervous to take it up. But I think, I think that's horrific to hear that a company has just informed its members. We no longer have, have, the, have the affordability and we cannot contribute for you. And you're on your own and you've got to pay 90%. And therefore, you've had a downgrade. I mean, that's a that that is a change in terms of employment conditions. So I, I, I would be taking that up with our HR department. I don't know they're just a few members or a large amount of members, but I wouldn't be accepting that. Certainly not. Uh, I'd like to actually comment on this medical aid thing. And I've seen something I've been with Discovery for over 10 years. But what I'm realizing is everything we do comes out of savings what is the medical aid covering because the savings is something that you pay for separate so everything my wife and daughter and i will get if visiting a doctor everything is out of savings it's actually a bit unfair i think we which basically a lot of people are not paying attention but the rest we pay for nothing unless you go to a hospital then that's covering but everything else is just the savings that's being used well there's a little bit of good news, the fact that you're only using your saving, because the way the medical aid pays is you start moving out of savings. You start using your own savings. That's how it's structured. But if you're not going moving out of savings, fortunately, you're a healthy family because people move out of savings very, very quickly. I mean, you've got, you know, this year, whether the, I think they, they've reduced the savings and then there's all the different schemes. And I'm not 100% sure, you know, you, you've got your, your, your cover and then you only come into your medical aid when you've used the difference. But all I'm saying is that, yeah, that, that's, that's the medical aid. So what a lot of younger people are saying, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to, I don't need them to save for me. The only advantage of the savings is if you have a major expense in the first month of the year, uh, if you would have to take the money out of your own pocket, whereas Discovery will advance that money. That's an advantage. But you're absolutely right. You are using your savings. And that's why so many younger people are saying, I'm not going into a medical aid where I'm saving. I'm going to go into a hospital plan, which and make sure uh, everything's covered, oncology and all the other benefits that go, I will fund my own expenses. And therefore, if I don't use it, I don't lose it. Although your medical savings, you don't ever lose. Many years ago, 30 years ago, medical aids, you did, if, if you didn't use it, you lost it. Now you don't. You, if you haven't used your medical savings, it gets ca carried forward. The only way you can access those uh, medical savings, you actually resign from the fund. But you're absolutely right. That's why you need to have a look. If, you, if you're only using your medical savings, you are an ideal candidate to talk to a healthcare broker who can evaluate and give you the right plan. You need to be on an appropriate plan for your family's needs. And only a healthcare expert can help you make that decision. Um, Brian, just to add on to that issue of, of, of the day-to-day -day costs, right? We've got a message here. 
around um, the, this this particular listener is talking about the medical aid that has outsourced uh, pharmacy activities. Uh, this uh, listener says that she's on Bonitas and they've outsourced their pharmacy activities to Pharmacy Direct that now handles all of their medication. But what happens is that should she get her medication from any other pharmacy, so whether it's pick and pay, checkers, clicks, etc., then the medical aid will charge her 40% for not using Pharmacy Direct. Um, and, and she's, you know, lamenting the fact that it's it's unfair and that, you know, it's not a service that, that's serving her well. Can medical aids do that, Brian? Absolutely. Look, medical aids are trying everything in their power to maintain the, the costs. They understand members are under stress uh, and they are trying everything they do. So when they do an arrangement with doctors on a network basis or a hospital on a network basis, which means if you go to any other hospital other than the ones that they've got an arrangement with, you're going to pay more. It's exactly the same with pharmaceuticals. Yes, it may inconvenience you, but overall, if everyone is using that system long term, it will save costs because they will therefore may have to not increase their future contribution as much as they're doing at the moment. So yeah, inconvenience, absolutely I agree, but you've got to understand the bigger picture. The bigger picture is can they save money so that in future when they have to review every year that their increases are less. And that's what you want the medical aid to do. You want the medical aid to be using their muscle, their expertise to provide service to members, maybe not the same service, but at a lower cost. Because remember, everything that comes out of that medical aid is paid for by the members. Because the administration company takes a commission or takes a percentage of the fee to administer the fund, but the medical aid itself is, a, is an entity on its own. And that, that entity, they calculate what are the contributions made, what are the claims paid in the different sections, and that's how they actually calculate the increases going forward. Hi, Cathy, Brian, um, thanks for a, a, a good show. I think it's just also important noting the importance of uh, gap cover. Um, having recently gone through a procedure with my young child, uh, we're a family of four, um, with Discovery pay close to 9,000 rand a month um, on a coastal care, um, or coastal saver, sorry, um, scheme. Um, but uh, one of the boys went in for uh, dental work um, and understanding how much we pay every month to discovery but yet how much we were actually short um, when it comes to the specialists the dental the um, anesthetist etc um, and fortunately we we had through a broker which which we use um, where it buys that gap cover um, is actually quite an efficient way of, of covering that shortfall so I think we're paying close on 500 rand a month um, for gap cover but just this last month, a bit of a claim um, for the shortfall in excess of, of 15,000 Rand, which was, which was returned. So um, I think the, the gap cover element is also uh, vitally important um, when, when looking at the different types of, of, of health insurance. Yeah. Look, just one comment. Health cover is, goes, is dreaded disease that one needs to consider on your life policy. There's disability, both capital disability and income disability if you can't work. There's medical that covers hospitalization. And as you make the point, many of the specialists charge a lot more than what the medical aid pays. And that's where gap cover plays a role. And that's why I keep saying that you need to have a specialist in this field. Get yourself a specialist. Brian, your number very quickly before we go to news.
011-880-4888. Kathy, I look forward to seeing you in the studio next Tuesday. All right, Brian Hirsch on the line there. It's 11 o'clock. Time for the latest news.